0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now.
1: Good morning, everybody, on this beautiful Wednesday, September 23rd. Glad you could be with us here on A Morning Breath. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are going to be getting into John 4 in just a minute, and that's what Morning Breath is all about. If you're new, we are a drive time devotion. We read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time, uh, you know, just asking God to speak to us as we read the chapter, and uh, spend some time with the Lord, morning devotion for, for most of us. And then we come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air. And then I and a co-host talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. And uh, my co-host today is Pastor Mark Cook. Good morning, Pastor Dan. Hey, I'm doing good, Pastor Mark. You're
2: doing well? I am. Awesome, man. Good to have you here with us. Great to be on the show. Good. Uh, we want you guys to know where we're headed and, and how everything's going uh, to get on Morning Breath and know what chapter we've been in, what's going on at East Coast Christian Center. So many ways to find out what's happening here. Start with the app. The East Coast app is a great resource uh, to be able to find out everything that's happening here. You can use it to get to the podcast button, in which case you can find the Morning Breath guide, and that'll tell you what chapter we're going to be in, and where we've been, Yep. You You can listen to past episodes of the show on the podcast. You can also do it on our website, ECCC.us. You can find East Coast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We're all over the place out there. You can call us. Good old-fashioned phone call, 321-452-1060. We can email you and mail you information about East Coast, and we can also send you the morning breath guide. While you're on there, one more thing you can do is check out our online weekend services. We've got an amazing digital campus set up. Uh, We're doing church in our buildings, if you didn't know that. So make sure if you're ready to come back to church, um, you know, give it some thought because the doors are open and we are meeting in our buildings. um, But also we have our online experience, uh, which if you're not ready to be around a big uh, group of people yet, that's still a great way to get the word.
1: It is a great way to get the word. We also have something great, a great way to get the word for all the ladies out there. Every year we do a a women's conference called Flourish, and we want to encourage all the women out there, if you're a woman, you're part of the sisterhood here at East Coast Christian Center, to be involved in our Flourish digital conference. That's going to be October 9th. You can check that out at eccc.us slash events. If you'd go there, you can get all the information for it. And we wanna encourage you ladies, it's gonna be incredible digital digital conference. We've got, well, I don't know what they called it in a box. What did they call that? Sort of a party in a box? Yeah, I don't remember the word yeah, either. I yeah, I don't remember what it is, but they got a bunch of cool things to make it a really a, an event. Yeah. You can maybe do it with the women in your life. Maybe you're a mom out there and you've got daughters or your friends or your your sisters, or your, you know, maybe you're a young girl and you wanna invite your mom it. whatever the case may be. You can do that in a small group at home. There are going to be some groups meeting around yeah. to watch it digitally. So we just encourage you to get involved with that. So Absolutely. October 9th. Yeah, it's coming right deal. up.
2: And of course, with our Morning Breath uh, video podcast on Mondays, uh, that's Pastors Matt and Jessica. They are doing their the Morning Breath show just like we're doing, but they're doing it via a video podcast as well. Um, so make sure that you uh, get on our YouTube page and check that out.
1: Yep. we we'll love to have you. Well, we're in John chapter 4, and uh, we're going to read. It's a pretty beefy little chapter we got uh, twenty-five, twenty-seven. 27. Mine breaks. I think you, yours will too right after verse 26. Yeah. I'm going to stop there and let you take it through the whitened harvest section. Sounds like a great plan. So, Pastor Dan, I say unto you, read, sir. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whatever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, "'Go call your husband and come here.' And the woman answered and said, "'I have no husband.' Jesus said to her, "'You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly.' The woman said to him, "'Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship.' The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I
2: who speak to you am he. Verse 27, and at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months. I'm sorry. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for the harvest. For he who reaps with wages, I'm sorry, for he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word that the woman testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after the two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he came out of Judea into Galilee. Uh, Amen. Men. What
1: was the first sign?
2: The changing the water into wine. Yeah, yeah. I oh, um, mentioned it. Just, just throwing <laughs> out there. I knew you. I knew I was
1: setting you up for a win. <laughs> I wasn't setting you up for a failure. Yeah, it's uh, turning the water into wine. And he, when he did that, he mess around, did he? No. Like that. Like it says, firkins in, in our Bibles uh, in the New King James and or, or in the Old King James and that about how big they were. But they're about thirty to forty gallon. Containers yeah, it wasn't a of water. Yeah, he didn't just make a, give him an extra, you know, bottle of wine for the wedding <laughs> feast. You know, like if you go to a wedding and you bring him a bottle of wine as a gift. No, he brought him a truckload yeah. of wine, which is a, a crazy thing, which kind of blows people's minds on all their legalistic oh, yeah. thinking. <laughs> I think that's funny that this first miracle blows all the legalistic thinking out of the water. Yeah. But anyway, but, but I don't they know, persisted. A, yeah, they persisted. They didn't give up easy. They still
2: don't. You know, I was looking at uh, something that caught my eye as I was reading through Come this on. chapter this morning. In verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. And at, the reason I think it caught my eye is I started to look at it, and gift is not—the G is not capitalized. So he's it's like he's not talking about himself, right? Because generally, if that was a reference to, like, himself, they probably would have capitalized it as, as like, a name of Jesus. But they didn't capitalize it, at least not in my Bible. And so I started thinking, what's that— What's he talking about? What is the gift of God that he's referring to? And I don't know if I have a perfect answer for it, but I I just got curious and I felt prompted to look it up. And so I went to a Blue Letter Bible and I looked it up in the Greek. And it's the same, the word gift in the Greek is the same word that's used in Romans 5.17 that says the abundance, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will is it reign charis? in life. No, it starts with a D. It's a word I hadn't. Oh, I wasn't okay. familiar with. Because okay. I, I wondered if it was yeah, charis. Yeah,
1: I wondered too. I yeah. mean, that's the first thing I thought.
2: I thought is that I wondered if it was going to be the word, you know, favor. Yeah. Like something along yeah, those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's the same word gift. It just means gift. But it, it's the same word used as the gift of righteousness. And I thought I, I just wonder what he's alluding to here because Jesus, here, here's a, co- a conversation that I've been a part of lately, and I heard actually somebody else having it, and then I was asked about it recently, and we were kind of kicking it around. There's this interesting idea out there because the Bible says that Jesus was was preaching the gospel, but generally, Pastor, and if I asked you what the gospel was, we would we would talk about the gospels that Jesus died for our sins, was raised again, but Jesus was preaching the gospel before he died for our sins. Uh And so there's kind of a question. So what gospel was he preaching? Uh And in my mind, Jesus was preaching the gospel of stop working in belief, right? Stop chasing God through works and believe the way Abraham did. Like if I was going to just really summarize it without unpacking that too much more. And that's where we. Should I say something about that? Yeah, I, would,
1: I love you. You have a total bias in that direction, but keep going. Keep going.
2: Nobody, <laughs> nobody judges you from that part. That's just well, it's a thought. No, I'm, yeah. I, but it's true. Keep going. Well, so then I just started thinking. You know, the gift of God here that you know He's referring to. We know that righteousness comes as a gift, and so I don't know. I just wanted to throw that on the table and see how it hit you.
1: Yeah. Well, I would say two things. What gospel was He pre- preaching? Um, I think the good news that he was preaching is that, is, was that there, there's a way now Yeah. that there's a way, even though he was the way, the good news is we're, we're there is a way, there is a way yeah. and uh, that God wants to be close to you and you can be close to him. And we do know it wasn't going to be through works that we did, but the other side of that is all the works and all the laws and all the rules of the Old Testament were followed and were kept by Jesus yeah he as as it says in scripture I think he didn't miss a dot a comma a period a colon yeah he you got know every bit of it every bit of it he fulfilled it and not the you know not the the silliness of it but the heart of it And why I say the silliness of it is because he went through fields with his disciples and they got grain to eat on the Sabbath day. Yeah. Wrong. He healed on the Sabbath day, which was considered work. I got air quotes around that, which was against a pharisaical view of the law. And so he was not keeping the law as far as the jot and tittle of the legalistic part of it but he was keeping the law of loving god with all your heart soul mind and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself that part of the law and if you did those two things the bible teaches us you completely fulfill all the rest of that those rules and regulations that are out there so to speak and so i, I think he's preaching the good news as i'm here yeah you know i i i showed up cuz there was no good news prior to jesus only at jesus coming was there good news so for me the good news had more to do with a person yeah. than a message but that didn't really change the message that much sure one thing that that maybe throws a wrench in that but i don't think so if you think it all the way out is jesus the first thing he said was repent yeah for the kingdom of heaven is it hand. he said turn but what's interesting about that is most people, when they hear the word repent, they hear stop sinning. And I agree there's very much that's part of repentance, but repentance really means turn around. Don't look over there. And this really fits what you said, in my opinion. Yeah. Don't look over there. Look over here. You know, it's not, yeah. none, it's not back there and keeping the rules and regulations. It's up here following his son. Yeah. Come on, follow me. And he said that very often to many people, follow me. So that's kind of how I would, you know, start to talk about it. I do think it's interesting, the verse you read in verse 10, it says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, who says to you, he's saying, he's not saying, if you knew the gift of God, me, who's saying to you. He says if you knew the gift of God and Yeah, he draws who a distinction. Is, he draws a distinction between himself and the gift of God. So that part of it makes me go, hmm. I would and I probably will search that out about for a little bit further. What's yeah. going on there? Um but for me most of what I I would look at that at and I would have uh, thought that was grace unless yep. I'd looked up the word. sure. You know, sitting here and knowing what I know about gift and charisma and charis and all the, you know, the Greek word for grace, I would have assumed that was the word grace. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, on I, thought that it was, part. I just
2: thought it was super interesting. That yeah, he drew it is interesting. That there's a gift out there that we should be expecting. Yeah, you know, And, and, and maybe, maybe in the moment of what he's saying to her, we don't exactly know the reference, but we know that after the cross, the gift of righteousness. Mm. There, it's, yeah. it's been given. Absolutely. It's been given to us. And I just think it's an amazing expectation.
1: I want to throw something else out there. Yeah. Because this is something that I think people need to discern the difference uh, between. I believe, I'm going to start out with what I believe here. I believe faith has action. And in this chapter, we see all sorts of different actions here. He asked her for water. She asked questions, da 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 da. Uh, In the next chapter, a guy gets healed by the pool of uh, Bethesda, and uh, Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. And so he does on the Sabbath, which was against the law, and he gets in trouble with it with the Pharisees later, and he turns to the Pharisees and says, well— he who healed me, <laughs> yeah. I'm going with the guy who healed me, <laughs> told me to carry it. Yeah. So you guys told me not to for 40 years, and I never got healed. This guy told me one day, too, and I did get healed. But I think what the, what that guy did and what this lady did, and so many times in Scripture people do, is they hear about Jesus, they see Jesus. Like these Samaritans, they begin to see him as Messiah. He goes so far as to say to this woman in verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Yeah. This is the clearest declaration of his of him being the Messiah I think I know of in the Bible. Mm. You know, as far as except for Isaiah or you yeah. know going all the prophetic things where he just looks somebody in the eye and goes, "Yeah, that's me. I'm the Messiah." Yeah. It's a it's wild. All this is going on here and here's here's my point that I want to make is what they needed to do was simply believe. But believing has action. In other words, he did pick up his bed and walk. Yeah. He, they did respond. And here's, here's what I want to say. Action or keeping the rules and regulations never make you right with God. But if you become right with God, if you receive his gr- abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, your actions will change. Yeah. You will have, and, and I'll take it a step further, faith responds. See, it says, "Is accounted unto Abraham for righteousness. What was? His faith. He believed. And his belief caused him to act a different way. He left his father's house. He went in a direction. He responded to God. That isn't keeping laws and rules and regulations. That's hearing the voice of God and going, wow, I've had an encounter with God. I'm following that. And that's what happens when a man or a woman gets saved. It's not works when you, by faith, act on what the Word says. For example, maybe when—see, the other part of this is when I got saved, I I was a mess. I was broke. I was sick. I I was angry. I was bitter. I had all those things, but I was saved. And I didn't know what salvation actually meant. Now, I did know I was going to heaven, but that was as far as it went, until I got in the Word and began to understand it. I mean, God's— wants me well. I mean, God wants me not poor. I mean, God wants, and I started seeing these things, but then there's action that comes from what you believe. For example, if you believe that God wants you blessed, you will probably do what the scripture says, so, or give, and it shall be given unto you. Is that a work? It could be. If you're doing it to get it, or if you're doing it as a, as an action that you think makes you right with God. None of that makes you any more right with God. You cannot be more right with God, and God could not love you more than he loves you right now, no matter what you're doing or what you've done. That you've got to establish. Yeah. But there is action in the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, there are actions, but they do not us righteousness. They are from. God making us
2: right. You're responding to the righteousness you've exactly. been given, and it's and you started out talking about what you believe. Yeah, that's really what the driver is. And, I, right. and A lot of times people misunderstand that. What you believe establishes what goes next. Yep. You know what? If if you it, when you believe something, then your thoughts begin to process in that direction, and then your actions follow those well, well, thoughts. Well, this
1: woman, when she believed he yeah. was a messiah, ran into town to tell everybody. Yeah. Her what she believed. Caused her to do something.
2: Yeah. Yep. And that's and that's that's such an important thing to understand because believing is what it's uh, uh one preacher calls it the power of right believing. Yeah. Like have you have power when you believe the right thing and you're disempowered when you believe the wrong thing. Oh, that's thing right. Because all of your actions flow from what you believe. That's um, good. And so like Pastor and you're talking about sewing. You know, you're talking about, you know, if you believe that the the word of God says that I should be blessed, then there's something I need to do you sow but you know what else you did you did you or what you didn't do you didn't sit on your couch waiting for it to show up. come on you got up and went to work that's right and you went to work not because you felt like you needed to go to work to make God happy and you or you didn't really feel like you hadn't necessarily uh, perform for God but you went to work and you knew that God was going to bless that your' the results of the work that you did were more than they would have been if you were doing it on your own.
1: Absolutely.
2: Right? And so you, you're going to work from a place of rest, as, as ironic as that sounds. Uh, but that's it's, but it's because it's what you believe. You believe you sowed something. You believe there was a harvest. But what do you got to do to get a harvest? You got to pick up your, your sickle or you got to get on your combine. And you got to go. You got, you can grow all the corn in the wheat you want. But yeah. you got to go get it out of the field or it's just going to rot.
1: Yeah. And you've got to plant seed. You just can't sit, sit over there. You know, I don't know. I'm, my family's from Ohio and it's some of the best farm. Land in the entire country where, where my dad's family's from. But you can have the best farmland. They said if you have 10 acres, you're a millionaire in this area anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could sit on your front porch and look at your field and pray and believe all you want. But if you don't get up and plant those seeds, if you don't act, and, and believing that God gives rain and sunlight and he's going to bless the work of your hands, if you do not believe that and act on that, you won't get a harvest. It, it just will not happen. So action still has a big part in the gospel, but it's action from something, yeah. not to something. It's from what God's done. And you know, especially going to work, I don't know what kind of job you got out there, but going to work is fulfilling Yeah, and it should bless you. And God's given you that to bless you. We're going to take a break. And uh, for all of you that are going to work and not happy about it, and we'll be back (laughs) in just a minute.
0: You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Cocoa.
3: This is a message for all of Sisterhood. If you are a woman, you are Sisterhood. Sisterhood is our identity as girls here at East Coast. It's not about what we do, it's about who we are and who we are called to be as girls who love Jesus with all of our hearts. For the past few years, we have gathered together as a Sisterhood from all of our locations and hosted our Sisterhood Flourish conferences at our Merritt Island campus. But this year, our Sisterhood Flourish conference is going digital. Tickets are $20 and when you register, you'll receive full access to all online content, access to a private Facebook group just for attendees, sneak peeks before the event, and the opportunity to attend small in-person watch parties. In addition to all of that, you will also receive a gift box full of goodies and conference material to help make your flourish experience unforgettable. We hope you and your friends join us for this fun interactive night. Registration and more information can be found at eccc.us slash events.
0: Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your Associates, Bachelor's, and Master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com. Join Overlook Ministries on October the 17th at the Avenue Worship Center for the eighth annual Overlook Fiesta fundraiser. Overlook is a ministry faithfully serving East Coast Christian Center in Brevard County for 23 years, reaching out to the lost, homeless, and overlooked. The Fiesta begins 7 p.m. on October 17th with desserts, inspiration, and community. Let's change the world one man at a time. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45. With a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning, Breath.
1: breath. You know, in verse 11 and 12, it says, The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his, his sons and livestock? Jesus is offering her living water. And she is arguing with him, How could you actually have any living water? Because you can't get to the water I have. I'm the one with the vessel. I'm the one with the ability to get a drink out. You don't have anything. And I just want to say she is kind of holding on to an inferior thirst quencher. There are a lot of inferior thirst quenchers out there. What do I mean by that? I mean that there, there are things out there that if we have, boy, we feel full. You know, if I could just watch that, you know, if I could just binge that TV show or if I could just, you know, go fishing in the best place in the world or if I could buy anything I want at Harrods or, you know, I don't know what it is. But you've got this thing that you think fills Solomon, who was a king that got pretty far off in the end. He had a lot of wells, pleasure, wine, wealth, women, wisdom. You could go right down the line, all the things that he filled himself with that did not really fill him. Yeah, Don't go to an inferior well Amen. when the well of living water is available to you. Amen. Jesus has got all you need and more. Go to him. Just believe. Yeah, man. Come on, brother. Amen. Have a good day, Pastor Mark. You too, Pastor Dan. Everybody out there, God bless you, and thanks for being with us today.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend.